Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. I'm super excited to be back with you in action, in the studio, recording another podcast with you. Today, I want to talk about one of the one of the things that uh, we see a lot in real estate, in any sort of endeavor, investing, short-term rentals, is why we always think about why we want to do something. I want to talk about you three things or three reasons why you shouldn't get into the short-term rental investing game. And these might not be as much reasons why you shouldn't, but three things that you really should be thinking about before you make the leap, right? Short-term rentals are a really fun asset class. We love them. We've created lifestyle and financial freedom for ourselves and so many of our members in our group. And you've seen and heard stories of people all across the country that are really enjoying this asset class and making some big moves. Now, one of the things that we've seen is the wave is starting to go out a little bit. And it's very, very interesting. You've heard me talk about it on the past podcast, so I'm not going to go into it, that the overall dollars being spent in the game are larger and more, but people's slice of the pie is getting smaller. And people are like, hey, what's going on? I think the market's changing on us. Well, the market is changing, but it's not changing the way that people think it's changing. It's becoming more mature. And in a mature market, you've got to operate like any other main mature asset class, mainstream asset class, you've got to operate as a professional, right? Mature markets require professionals to operate in them. And short-term rentals, that's what we're seeing right now. And so there's things that you need to be thinking about, right? The last two years, having a short-term rental was like having toilet paper during COVID. Everybody was making money. And it didn't really matter. There was a, because the market wave was coming in as fast as it was coming in, and as the popularity of short-term rentals grew so fast, that everybody, you know, there was that that kind of popularity hides a lot of mistakes that people make, and so and and hides a lot of the things that people maybe should have been thinking about long term. One, and this isn't one of our three, but really it made me think about it. Is this is a long term play? This is a long term asset. You you should plan on owning these properties as, in your portfolio to create long term wealth, to create long term passive income, financial freedom, lifestyle freedom all of those different things we talk about. So let's dive into the three things you really should be thinking about before you dive into the game. And I'm gonna break them down in a little bit more, but the three things you should be thinking about is how much time do you have, how much money do you have, and how much knowledge do you have about this game? Because just like any other asset out there, short-term rentals have pros and cons. And as you get into any long-term endeavor, long-term investment, you need to make sure that you understand all three of these things not just on short-term rentals, but what does this passive income vehicle that you're considering require when it comes to time, money, and knowledge? And so I wanna to talk to you about that today. One of the drawbacks of short-term rentals is they can eat up a lot of time. And so if you don't set these properties up correctly, if you're going to try to manage these properties yourself, they can become a second job really, really quickly. As, as great as the software tools are out there today and communicating with guests and making things e a little bit easier, I have yet to find anybody that manages these properties that has truly any sort of passive income. It's very much active income. And so we don't manage our properties ourselves, and we still have to budget a certain amount of time. And it's although it's less than if we managed it ourselves, we need to have a little bit of time, right? I'm, I get very involved in the acquisition phase. I get very involved in the setup and creating unique experiences on our properties. And especially in the beginning, when we're acquiring new assets, 
we budget a minimum of three to five hours a week. And so if you're in a position and you're thinking, hey, I really would like to own a short-term rental and you don't have a minimum of three to five hours a week, this might not be the right asset class. If you're going to plan on managing this for the long term, you're going to need more than three to five hours a week per asset, I promise you. And I, 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 I know there's a lot of people that say they don't spend that much time on it. I've yet to actually find one that doesn't spend, that the people that actually manage these properties don't spend significantly more than three to five hours a week. It becomes a side hustle, it becomes a job. And because, because of what we have to do, we're in the hospitality game, right? We become the 24 seven concierge. We become the person that's having to manage the cleaners and the turnovers and everything else, right? Sure, other people are doing the work, but somebody has to manage it. And somebody has to communicate with the people that are actually doing some of those things. And if you're managing your property yourself, you better budget more than three to five hours a week. I don't suggest that, right? I suggest finding the right management partners. But even when we find the right management partners, I have to manage the manager, right? I don't micromanage the manager. I want to find the people that are really good at it. And I want to spend my time being able to kind of go find new properties, underwrite new properties, set up unique experiences, and then letting that manager take that and deliver that experience to our guests. And that's how we create passive income and make these properties as passive as possible. But if we're in the acquisition phase, I better have three to five hours a week. So time, right? Do you have the time to do this? Are you dedicated enough to say, I wanna make this work, and so I'm gonna dedicate that time necessary to do that and, and be able to have a successful asset? The next thing is money. We preach the ownership model. I don't preach anything beyond owning these properties. I believe owning real estate is by far and away the best vehicle and the best way to create long-term wealth through appreciation, note pay down, let somebody else buy properties for you and create that passive income stream. And, and being able to buy these assets to go buy properties, it takes some money. And so are you willing to budget what it takes to actually own these properties? And a lot of people think it's just the down payment. It's not just the down payment because with these properties, they need to be set up. They need to be furnished. We need to create a unique experience. Well, that takes some capital to do. And so when it comes to money, you should be thinking and budgeting for three things. One is your down payment. And that's going to be anywhere from 10 to probably 25% down, depending on the loan product that you get. Right. And I'm assuming that you're you're buying properties with leverage, with bank leverage. And so if you're not, obviously your down payment, if it's 100 percent, you're paying for cash, you budget for a cash purchase. But if you're going to budget and use uh, bank um, financing and leveraging bank money, somebody else's money, which there is huge power in leverage, is 10 to 25 percent of the acquisition costs that you need to budget. A lot of people think about that and they think, OK, I've got my down payment, so I'm ready to jump into the game you need to put the brakes on and pause and push the pause button for just a minute because with short-term rentals, these are furnished properties, right? People, people are coming to stay in your property. They need furniture. If you buy a property that's unfurnished, well, you better budget for furniture. What does that furnishing budget look like? As a general rule of thumb, just quickly, you can run a budget of about 10% of your acquisition cost is going to go to set this property up and furnish this property nicely. And so that'll give you an idea just roughly like, right, there, it's, it's not always a, a hard and fast rule. That's not gospel. It's not set in stone. You may spend a little bit more. You may spend a little bit less. But if you're budgeting, it's a pretty safe bet to budget about 10% of the acquisition cost for your furnishings and your, and your setup, right? And some, some of these properties you say, okay, they're sold furnished. So maybe if you buy a furnished property, you don't have to budget 
quite as much as that. But most properties that are sold furnished need some sort of an uplift, an update, accessorized, you know, all these different things to really, to really put it on the market the way we want to do it. And because you're going to try to create that unique experience. Another thing is having some money for your launch and, and setting up and optimizing that listing. I'll give you an example of that. One, you should it, these properties don't hit the ground, making all kinds of money right out of the gate. And so you need to make sure you've got enough disposable income to either pay those property expenses for those first few months, or you have some money set aside to pay those property expenses for the first few months. And then, you know, maybe that at months three or four, you start making a little bit more money than, um, but you're not quite covering the whole cost of the property to own the property. I, I always give myself about six to nine months before I feel like I'm really hitting my stride, before I'm really hitting my revenue projection numbers, all those different things. And so is that to scare you or say you shouldn't get into this game because it's gonna cost and be a little bit more expensive than I thought? In fact, I just did a live webinar and I was going through this and somebody said, hey, I was I was just gonna sign up for your mentorship program. I talked to one of your, your strategy coaches and we wanna sign up for the mentorship program, but after hearing you talk at this workshop, we don't think that we're quite ready. And I said, okay, well, that's, uh, you know, it, it, he was almost telling me this is a, as a bad thing. I said, well, that's a good thing, right? I want you to walk into this game with your eyes wide open. That's why I'm telling you this. You need to know what this is going to take to get into the short-term rental game to succeed. I don't want you getting in and not being able to get to the finish line, right? And that's why I'm telling you this stuff, because this is a really, really fun game to play in. This is a really powerful asset class to own. But if you don't walk into it with your eyes wide open and you don't know what to expect, then all of a sudden you get into a game, which a lot of people did the last few years. They, they got into a game that they didn't quite understand and they rode this wave, the wave's going out a little bit and people are saying, okay, well, I, I wasn't really quite prepared for this. Now what do I do, right? I don't want you to be in that position. And, and you're spending your time with me here today, which is your most valuable resource and your most valuable asset. And I appreciate that. So I wanna do as much as I can to show you and talk to you about everything that we know about getting into the game. So we talked about two things down payment when it comes to money. We talked about that setup and furnishing cost. And then we talked about that third thing of being able to make sure that you've got enough runway to get this property launched, revenue coming in, things operating so that you're actually hitting some of your revenue projections and you're paying the mortgage payments, you're paying all the property expenses, you're paying your property manager and starting to put money in your pocket because then this game gets really, really fun. And then the third thing you should be thinking about is knowledge right? What do you know about short-term rentals? What do you know about operating an asset in this game? What are your plans? What are your property goals for the long-term? What are we trying to build? You know, and how are we going to build it? Have you ever built something like that before? What do you know specifically about the asset class that's going to help you reach your property goals, your financial, your lifestyle goals, all of those different things? And so what are you leveraging, right? You're spending time with me here today listening to this. That's, that's leveraging a resource that's leveraging knowledge from somebody else that has been down this road a little bit before. That's great. What else are you doing to really expand and understand what is your knowledge to be able to go put this all together? And do you have resources that you can leverage to get you from point A to point B, right? We always have where we're at now, where we want to go, and then there's this gap in between and there's these challenges in between that that we need to fill. And a lot of that is the how-to. How are we going to get there? And if we don't know how, we've got to go find resources to be able to show us how, or we take that long road and learn the, you know, the, the school of hard knocks where we start running down the road and we might, you know, make adjustments, iterate, make adjustments, iterate, do all that stuff. A lot of times 
in today's day and age, there's no lack of knowledge out there. Knowledge is not the problem. You can go get a lot of knowledge and a lot of how-to on short-term rentals or anything else that you're looking at doing and being able to implement it and putting it into action and execution is a different thing, right? There's a lot of knowledge out there. Who are you listening to that's actually been there? Is there anybody there that can help you to execute and implement the knowledge that you have? And I, I really encourage you to find somebody with experience. There's a lot of people out there with great experience. And I would really challenge you to find somebody with experience beyond the runway that we've had the last two or three years. Find somebody that's been through a couple bumps, through a couple different types of market cycles. And you know, like I, I, I'll, I'll toot our own horn, right? It's my show, so I'll kind of, I'll kind of be able to beat my own drum a little bit. But it's, it, I've been in the short-term rental game since 2006. I was an investor full-time in this game. I've been a full-time investor for 22 years. I was in the short-term rental game for 13 years before we even thought about teaching somebody about this, right? We've been through some market seconds. We've seen some different downturns. We've done this for a long time. And so find somebody that has been in the game for a long time, not somebody that's just rode the wave of the short-term rental game. There's a lot of knowledge to be gained by somebody that is sharing it, that has been on this, on this ride for two or three years. I'm not saying we ignore that, but when you go to find somebody to help you execute um, execute on that knowledge and implement that that roadmap and that plan. Find somebody that can you you know that's your biggest source of leverage is leveraging somebody else's experience. Go find somebody that has the most experience possible that you can find. It doesn't always have. I'm, I, I mean, obviously, we'd love to help anybody. That's why we do these shows. That's why we have our mentorship program. But there's other people with a lot of experience as well. I challenge you though to look at what that runway of experience looks like. And it, and if it was just riding a wave understand that there was that wave hit a lot of um, a lot of operators it hit some things that were working and some mistakes that were being made that now all of a sudden people are saying okay this isn't working and naturally what people want to do is blame the market the market opportunity right now in short-term rentals guys is amazing you realize the things i didn't i just told you the reasons why you shouldn't get into the game has nothing to do with the market the market opportunity is huge it's are you prepared to go succeed in a mature market at this stage? Do you have the time? Do you have the money? Do you have the knowledge or be able to leverage that on any of those three things to be able to get into this game, to really to really realize and, and be able to have the benefits and the power of owning short-term rentals, building a portfolio for the long-term, right? We're in this for the long-term. We, we buy into the ownership model. We build portfolios to create that lifestyle and financial freedom and I want you to walk into this game with your eyes wide open. And there are some of you that are thinking about getting into this game because short-term rentals were the shiny object of real estate for the last few years, continue to be the shiny object in the hospitality game because of the demand in the hospitality space is huge, which is where this opportunity lies for us as investors, continues to lie. And, but because I don't want you chasing shiny object syndrome and getting into a game without really understanding what it's going to take for you to succeed. Those aren't major things. You all probably are in a position to succeed with all three of those things in different markets across the country. And then you start thinking about what are my property goals, right? What do I, what am I really trying to build? What am I really trying to, 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 um, to accomplish when it comes to financial and lifestyle freedom? I had a really interesting conversation with one of our strategy coaches today. Um, one of our, our, he's been with me for a long time. He originally was a member of our Odyssey mentorship program. 
went through this process, just like you know a lot of a lot of our members where they go and they're building their own lifestyle and financial freedom. He was a, an accountant in, um, in 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 a big city, didn't have a ton of money in the bank, but he had about one hundred fifty thousand dollars of equity in his house. He was able to take that one hundred fifty thousand dollars of equity and go and buy a property in a really great market and and bought this property in this great market, um, beach home, put the money down. It started making some really, really nice income the last few years, really did a great job on an underperforming property at the time and making well over six figures a year in passive income. And so, he, I mean, he's getting almost 100% return on his investment every single year. Amazing, um, excuse me, amazing success story. But, and then he just, he, he started looking at it and um, he's had the property about three years and somebody came to him and said, hey, I want that asset. That's a really good quality asset. Can I buy that? And, and for a while he said, no, you know, I'm not really interested in selling. Well, somebody made him an offer they couldn't refuse. And he was able to put over seven figures in his pocket. So he ended up selling this property, but, you know, cash flowing, really nice passive investment, never was really in his plans to sell, but he wants to grow his portfolio. Took the, took the, he looked at it and said, well, I'm probably maxed out on, I, I probably maximized this as far as, you know, this asset for me, as far as being able to really grow beyond where it's at as far as, but it's, I mean, it's great. I could hold this forever and still make six figures a year passively for a long time. Or I could take that million dollars, million plus dollars now, just over a million and take that and parlay it into two or three properties. And that's what his plan is. So he just accelerated his progress. The reason I'm telling you the story is, is because somebody that he talked to said, hey, I was, I was really planning on joining the mentorship program and I'm really disappointed that you sold your property. I just, you know, when, when you told me you sold your property, I got, I really lost interest because Sean talks about this being a long-term investment and it sounds like you were just flipping a home. And Jeff was like, man, I, I really feel bad that, that he feels like this. That wasn't my intention. I said, listen, don't ever, ever, ever apologize for success, right? We build lifestyle and financial freedom. We use these vehicles to build that. Your goal was to have this property in your portfolio and you, uh, the, the nice thing is, is it was a very producing, great asset, a quality asset. And it gave you the option when somebody else came and said, hey, I'd like this asset because it's quality. Now, all of a sudden you had options. It was not an easy decision for him to decide whether to sell it or whether to keep the passive investment or the passive income coming in. Right. Passive income is the holy grail, I always say, of investments. But he said, listen, I could sell this and I could buy another beach home in the same area with a third of that money and use it for the down payment, start really, um, so my lifestyle asset I still have, and I can go buy two more in other markets. And so now I really accelerated the progress. Sometimes you may sell a, a property that you had for the long term. I challenge you to stay in it for the long term, but I also would never apologize for success. You know, when you buckle down and you roll up your sleeves and you go make something happen, right? They were able to leverage their time, their money that they had, which wasn't a ton and the knowledge of somebody else to really accelerate their progress toward lifestyle and financial freedom. And then to have somebody on the outside who's not doing it say, hey, listen, I'm really disappointed that you did that. Listen, your property goals and my property goals are gonna to be totally different. What if we can use the same asset though to achieve our actual property and lifestyle goals and, and financial goals? That's what I want you to do. And I told Jeff, don't ever apologize for having options, right? It's great to have options. I just did a workshop where, where we had some people in there and. Some people's goals were to use this asset class to retire from their job that they didn't like and they wanted to create passive income so that they could walk away from the job. Other people in the room are saying, hey, listen, I really kind of like my job. 
I like to have the option to walk if I ever wanted to and be financially free. And, and so, but I don't want to retire. That's kind of my boat, right? I see a lot of ads on online saying, hey, I retired at 27, I retired at 25 through this in our asset class with real estate. And, and while I don't doubt that that's true, you're not running ads if you're retired. And so you never hear me talk about retiring. I've not, I've not been retired. I work. I like doing what I do. We create, we've been, I've been financially free for a long time. And you might hear me say that at time, a uh, time or two, but you'd never see me running ad saying I've been retired for X amount of years or retired at 30. When in reality, I could, I have the option if I want to, when I have enough passive income to retire, but it's always funny to me that people say I retired at 27, yet I'm still running ads and running a business. You're not retired. Just admit that you enjoy doing what you do and don't apologize for that. Right? So I don't know why I went off on that tangent. I started tell, telling that story and kind of doesn't tie into really as much what we were talking about. But um, other than this is a really powerful asset class that hopefully is going to give you a lot of options. And that's what I want for you. I want you to have options with lifestyle and financial freedom. And I want you to walk into the game with your eyes wide open. That was my goal with this episode is to really talk to you about the three things and the three things you should consider before you decide on any passive investment vehicle, whether it's short-term rentals, multifamily, long-term rentals, buying a business, going into commercials properties, whatever it is, there's those three things you should be considering. And every single one of these asset classes is going to have different criteria. Short-term rentals have those three criteria that I talked to you about with time, money, and knowledge. And where do you need to get better? Where do you need to make sure that you're prepared for? And where do you need to leverage other people's time, money, and knowledge to make sure that you can make this dream become a reality if that if this is the passive income vehicle that you want in your portfolio. We enjoy them. We love them. We have a ton of fun with them. And I also, since I went off on that tangent, don't ever apologize for your success. Don't ever apologize for giving yourself options and putting yourself in a position to have choices and have options. I hope that for all of you that are listening, as always, you are the best part of this show. I appreciate you spending your time with me. I know how valuable that is, and I try not to take that ever for granted. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. If you got any value out of this, the only thing I ever ask is that you share, like it, give it give it a thumbs up. If you have, if you have more than 30 seconds, give us a review on these platforms. If you're listening on the podcast, go watch it on YouTube. Sometimes we learn different things because we pick up different things when we see things visually. And so if you're on YouTube, you can also download the podcast and subscribe on it, your favorite podcast platform under the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. So as always, guys, thank you for being the best part of the show. And anytime, one thing always is a challenge that you can do. Pick one thing that you can do today to go build that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit modesty.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.